everything. Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a love for all things animal. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, rescues, and rehab facilities. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, volunteers, anyone who is as passionate about animals as I am. Join me on my Raw Safari. Hello. Welcome. I am genuinely excited to have you back for another episode of the Raw Safari Podcast. To start this episode off, I wanted to let you know that my ratings and reviews for conservation promotion raised a quick $24 for Red Panda Network, which I sent to them this week. I'm always happy to send some money to such an incredible organization, so thanks to everyone who participated. And remember, it really does help the podcast out if you go ahead and leave me a five-star rating and helps even more if you write a quick review. Also, make sure you click subscribe and follow the Safari on Instagram and Facebook at Raw Safari. Patreon.com slash Raw Safari is where you can go to support the pod. Rossafari.redbubble.com is the place for merch. And Rossafari.com is the website for the podcast. Also, don't forget you can always email me directly at rossafaripod at gmail.com. This week, I'm excited to bring you my interview with Jungle Jordan. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know who this is, but Jungle Jordan is a zookeeper who has made quite the name for himself by creating digital content and sharing it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and even a little bit on TikTok. Jordan has a ton of followers, and some of his videos have received over 50,000 views on YouTube. Of course, Jordan doesn't use this internet fame to lift himself up, but to share his message of conservation and love of animals with as many people as he can. You can find his content at JungleJordan23 on every major social media platform. And honestly, it introduces him far better than I can. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Jungle Jordan. All right. So, Jungle Jordan, how are you doing today? I am great. Thank you for having me here today. Of course. I'm excited to have you here. Um, I want to start off by talking about just all of the digital stuff that you're doing right now. I guess uh, the term influencer is is a weird one, maybe, but you are definitely a zoo influencer. <laughs> you're blowing up on uh, Insta and on YouTube right now. So, like, what are your goals with that? Well, my goals have, have always been to, to spread more awareness about animals and wildlife and get more people into the animal field in some way, shape, or form, just you know, to be comfortable with animals and uh, understand what's going on. And one of my other main focuses has always been to, you know, help people understand what zoos are about and what, you know, what good accredited zoos do for conservation. So that's one, those are my, two of my main focuses. That's awesome. And uh, right off the bat, um, I'm going to go off my own script here a little bit because I actually just got asked the other day if I could do an episode or at least ask someone on an episode, uh, what makes a good zoo a good zoo versus a, a bad zoo a bad zoo? And on this podcast, we touch on it a lot, but tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. So my thoughts, I feel as though if they have, if the zoo has a great uh, conservation message, it yeah, just, you know, they don't have to be actively participating in conservation efforts in the, anywhere in the world, but 
as long as they're educating the public and, you know, the animals are, you know, happy, you know, they're, they're, you know, well fed, take care of, but they're not, the zoo isn't just out there to make money and it's not like in somebody's backyard, you know, that like they are just taking the care, you know, putting animals first, you know, I feel like it's all about the educational message. That's a, that's a big part of it. Um, now, People, you know, I feel like the most recent, uh, the most recent example we can give up to show a quote unquote bad zoo. I don't really call it a zoo, but, you know, Tiger King, you know, people touch <laughs> on that. But, you know, I, I don't really talk about that much. I try not to because it's kind of annoying. But that's I guess that's the main uh, example. That's not an actual zoo. They called themselves a zoo, but they're not a zoo. They're just out to make money and show off like hey i got these big old animals and look how cool i am you know that's not what we're about exactly yeah tiger king really uh i'm guessing for you as well but it it blew up a lot of my instagram and a lot of people reached out to me and asked how i can support zoos after they watched that and i've refused to watch it because mm -hmm. i don't want to give it press and like you said we, we shouldn't even talk about it that much because we're just talking about it now right. but man there are just really great places out there and yes uh, there really are yeah. yeah people need to watch stuff like the zoo and uh, oh, shows like it. that yes yes so um, how did you go about becoming this this uh, Jungle Jordan, this digital brand that has taken off? That's, that's funny. Uh, uh, somebody called me a uh, zookeeper influencer. And I, I really, that term is very weird, uh, influencer, you know, but I guess, I guess that is kind of what I am. It's kind of what I do. But how did I become that? So for a long time, I would say I started... I've always been interested in in film and just you know being the one to to give people information. Um, I've always done it, you know, in the zoos. You know, all my jobs, I've always walked around and just talked to people, and um, I, I I'm pretty decent at it. And I one of the zoos um, I, I worked at said, "You might be. Uh, are you curious? Are you interested in you know?" being in one of our videos and so my first video was in 2012 uh about komodo dragons because i did my senior thesis while i was in the university of washington on komodo dragon enrichment environmental enrichment at the zoo so with the dragons there and so since i was so you know i had a lot of knowledge about them at the time and i was uh working with their main keeper they said, "Hey, let's do a video about it." And so, since then on, I just said, "I like I liked being on camera. It was a good way to spread um, information." Uh, Jungle Jordan, though, didn't start until twenty seventeen. I think that's when I first like made the name, and that was just because I was trying to figure out a way to reach more people through social media. And that's kind of when I started going a little bit hardcore on it. That's awesome. Yeah, it is weird. Um, I don't have nearly the following that you do, but uh, just crossed 4,000 on Instagram and stuff. And Congrats. Uh, thank you. And I've noticed that, um, yeah, no, people do use the term influencer, even for me, and I find it so weird. But at the same time, like, 
there are free hoodies winging their way to me right now. And there are, you know, <laughs> opportunity after opportunity at zoos of meeting cool animals and going behind the scenes and places reaching right. out to me to be on the podcast. And I'm like, I guess that is the term, but I just, I, I don't know. I just know that I'm not the Kim Kardashian of zoos. That's, that's all right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, no, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I, I will say this. Um, over the last couple years or so, last two years, I've definitely noticed uh, some changes and and people are recognizing me a bit more, um, like at least in the zoo setting. Um, I've had people come and visit wherever I was working and, you know, I've had people um, <laughs> either see me from afar and kind of like point and that kind of stuff. And because um, the thing with me is I'm friends with everybody. I, you know, I love everybody and I really add I do for some reason I, I add random people on Facebook just as zookeeper friends just because I like zookeepers and I, I mean I like people. So and I've had people message me saying, Hey, I saw you at the zoo. I was like, Well, <laughs> why didn't you say hi to me? <laughs> and it's I've had like I went to the um AZAC conference last year and uh that was a very interesting experience. Um because I, you know, I was it was my first time going to the, to, a, to one of those conferences, and I felt a little odd at first um, because I definitely felt a little bit of that, like a little bit of the the, the looks. Um, and then, like as the days went on and progressed, people started to get more comfortable when, with me and approaching me. And I was like, "Hey, it's I just want to talk. Please talk to me. Somebody talk to me." <laughs> it just felt kind of weird, um, but yeah, I don't see myself as like a. Like like you said, a Kim Kardashian type. Not at all. Nowhere near that. I uh, like. I've always visited zoos, and that's the cool thing about zookeepers is we're all so close together. Like we're so close knit, and you know, and like like all the behind the scenes trips. You know, people really just help out others to see and show off what they're doing for their animals. And zookeepers like myself like to take on those ideas that they're doing, and you know, implement them with our own animals. No, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I totally get what you're saying because as I as I told you when I when I messaged you, um I know you're friends with Johnny Payne and yes. when I did an episode with her, she was like, "You should talk to Jungle Jordan." <laughs> and I was like, "Jordan isn't going to talk to me. Come on now." And then I finally oh reach out to you and you're like, "Yes, immediately." I you were one of the <laughs> fastest responses I've ever gotten. And I was like, "Oh, Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> Which well, I do I, appreciate. <laughs> well, no, I think no, I I love these. I love just talking animals. I love talking zoo, you know, and I feel like with me, I'm a little bit I'm very active on social media. So, I see all those messages that come in. Um if I don't respond, I'm sorry you guys. Um <laughs> but I do see them. You know, I definitely see them immediately and I'm, hey, like hey, let's let's talk, you know. Like uh shoot somebody this morning I get these a lot. People always ask, like younger people always ask how they can get into this field and what should they do next. And I keep telling myself that I should make a video. And this video has been on hold for like two years. I don't know why I don't have one about how to become a zookeeper. So I usually have them go to like uh, Rick Schwartz, well, formerly known as Zookeeper Rick, um, Zoology Rick. So he has a video called How to Become a Zookeeper. and you know, good information. He's a great guy. I, I love Rick. Yeah, that's uh, that's my next question. But um, before oh, we get to you, no, no, that's great. I, lo I love a, I love a good natural uh, transition. Segway. Yeah, it's awesome. I just ruin it like that. No, I love it, man. That's great. But before we get to to Rick, because yeah, I want to hear all about your relationship. Um, but yeah, no, that's. I think that 
this podcast started off as a way to talk about animals, but letting zookeepers be the voice. But it has changed to just being about zookeepers. And almost every episode, yeah, we we touch. I mean, we hit the animals hard. But I always want to hear the path people took and the experiences that they had in becoming a keeper. And I've had a lot of people who are on that path and trying to become keepers reach out to me and say that this podcast has really helped them. So, you know, I think it's exactly. so cool that there are people like that um, who, you know, when I was coming up in the entertainment industry, I couldn't just reach out to and find like famous drummers and be like, hey, how do I do what you did? But now people are reaching out to me and saying that they're hearing all of y'all talking to me and and getting ideas and learning stuff. And I love that the zoo community is so collaborative that way. And that, I love it. Yeah. And up and comers have such great, uh, you know, resources now. Um, and I, I think it's awesome that you're such a big part of that. No, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I just feel like there's no reason to to being, you know, negative and and you know and and helping and and wanting to and not wanting to help. Uh, like this, this I think we're all in it for the same reasons. I hope. I think we're all in it to save the planet or save the animal, save wildlife, save all of it, save life. Period. Because you know, with the state of things this year just period of over the last few years we're starting to look uh pretty pretty bad here it's things are starting to get real dark and then you know some people are saying oh it's a 2020 thing but no 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 this is it's it's been it's been happening it's just getting worse and it's going to continue to get worse and so i feel like us as zookeepers we i feel like zoos honestly might be the saving grace for animals wildlife um i think we might be the i don't say last resort because that sounds really terrible but i think we are the last line of defense you know because these animals are gonna are gonna you know go extinct in the wild and it's it's just sad to think about yeah no it really is but i agree i think the work that zoos are doing and the keepers are doing is just uh incredible and it's it's such a privilege to like I said, to share those stories a little bit. Um, yeah, but let's let's get more positive again because yes, yeah, we can it. go down that that wormhole. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, so Rick Schwartz is in San Diego, and um, that's how I came to discover your account. Uh, I've been following uh, Zoology Rick now for a while, and um, you guys started doing stuff together, and it just seems so cool. And I'm I'm so jealous. I just want to be on those videos, just hanging out always. Uh, tell me yeah. how that happened and, and how you guys have gotten to know each other. So I, uh, I first met Rick, um, through Instagram. Uh, he actually, uh, reached out to me. This is probably back in 20, 2016. Um, just when I was, you know, having my, my little baby legs into, into, uh, the social media world with animals, um, you know, and, he basically said, "Hey, you know, I'd like to help you out." And and he basically has been my mentor as far as entering this world of animal social media and how to properly uh, give off information, you know, and into in, in an effective way. And I first met him in person in twenty, gosh, twenty eighteen, maybe. Yeah, twenty eighteen. I visited him down in San Diego and it was like meeting an idol. It was pretty crazy actually, because he basically has the job that I've always wanted. He's the spokesperson for San Diego Zoo Global. And 
I, I've always seen myself as like a, a wannabe spokesperson for a zoo, you know, and seeing Rick was just like, like my wife has it on film. It was like my, you could see, like, I, I'm a smiler. Okay. But this was beyond smiling. I was like, wow, it's Rick Schwartz. <laughs> it was so crazy. Um, it was, it was insane. Um, and so, but ever since then, you know, we've just been great. Uh, we're good friends and he's always been, um, you know, been a huge mentor to me. Now, as far as the live sessions that, that we were doing, uh, that we, well, we, we're kind of on hold right now because he's been very busy with the show that they're doing. Um, but I just said, Hey, you know, we should do a live. I just said it ran like we should do, we should do a series randomly. I think I said it when I was live once and I just said it and he was in the comment section and other people, a lot of people that follow me follow him also. Right. Yeah. And so they were like, Hey, yes, you guys should definitely do that. And so I was like, Oh, what did I do? So <laughs> I, I kind of just made, said, Rick, Hey, you're doing this. I don't care what your, what your obligations are. We are doing this. This is your new <laughs> obligation. Um, but we've been on hold for a little bit, but they've just been really fun and informative for a lot of uh, aspiring zookeepers. And they're, they're just, they're just really fun. Where can somebody find those if they want to go back and see uh, the back catalog? Is that a thing they can see? So they're kind of on both of our pages and both of our Instagram pages. Cause we alternate. Um, so you find them on IGTV on uh, jungle Jordan 23 or as well G Rick. Um, I don't believe I, I don't think I made a folder for our live sessions. I need to do that and put them in a folder on IGTV um, or a playlist, excuse me. Um, and I'm not, I don't think his are in a playlist either, but I'll get on that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no. And they are, they're very cool and very informative. Uh, I've only gotten to watch a few, but I always, I always really enjoyed those. Um, so before we go off the, the digital world, um, I'm just curious, do you do all of your own, content creation and work and stuff uh that's where i'm at right now and i am finding it incredibly fulfilling and challenging um so, yeah yeah yes editing filming it's it's tough you know and i definitely started out doing all that by myself uh even the camera work was really weird um and then uh two years ago i've got my first uh videographer to help me out he was just really just donating his time to me um, who was really awesome. Um, then he got busy and had to go to school and all those things. And then, uh, but even then I did most of the editing, um, with a little bit of help here and there from other random people that wanted to stretch their leg or, you know, dip their toe into the editing world who were okay at it. And then, um, uh, to more recently, the really, the longer videos that you, that, that have, that have been on my page. Um, my friend Darren has been helping me out with those. He's been filming those. Um, but I still edit, edit all the, all the videos and I'm tired. Um, <laughs> for sure. I'm hundred percent tired. Uh, I had an intern this past summer, um, who was helping me out and she was, uh, I do this segment called minute Monday mm-hmm. and she was, uh, basically writing scripts for that. So minute Monday is, uh, I give, um, quick animal facts in a minute and i did that originally because back when instagram used to only allow uh one minute videos before igtv so it's been tough (laughs) 
Yeah. Does does your wife miss you? <laughs> um, I I definitely have more of a balance now. For a while there, she was getting getting very upset because uh, I was really basically locking this room. You see me in, like I I was locking myself in this room, editing, filming, have my tripod up with my lights on me, all that, and it gets hot in here very quickly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's one element you don't see right now is my, a lot of people know my videos for, I have this, uh, green backdrop. It's the, like the, the plant wall. Yep. A lot of people think it's real, but it's literally is movable. Now I, I put it on stands and I can move this thing in and out. <laughs> I should have had it behind me now, but, um, it's fake you guys. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, but my wife, uh, she's, I, I've, I've been finding more of a uh, balance. It's, it's, it's necessary. That's awesome. That's, that's really good. Yeah. I, I'm, I am back. Uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a musician and an actor. That's what I do for a living. And I'm actually back in a show right now. One of the few that's actually happening. Um, and I am. Can finding- you talk about it? <laughs> can you talk about oh it? yeah totally yeah 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 no oh, it's, you uh, can. Oh, okay. yeah it's called million dollar quartet uh it's a show um it's like 50s rock stuff and okay. uh i tour the country with it normally it's like the show that i've been touring for five years uh we're just at one sit down in lancaster pennsylvania right now um a lot of covid precautions it's really cool mm. so good to be back mm. though um yeah but i'm also doing two episodes of the podcast a week and doing interviews and trying to go to zoos and i have yet to figure out the balance aspect of it, but I'm getting there and I'm, I'm learning how to. And, um, fortunately, uh, my girlfriend is a fourth year vet student right now. Um, Mm. and, and is also very busy and, and doing, you know, she just finished an externship at the Columbus zoo and, uh, yeah. Oh, very fun. And, uh, we got to spend some time together there, but we get each other and that we're both very busy. So that does help out. But, um, yeah, still working on that balance thing. It's nice to know that you've been able to find it uh, with all the content that you uh, out. <laughs> she, I, I will actually say this about the balance. She helps me with that balance now. You know, she, you know, I have a, I have a couple different, um, I have a calendars and I have my planners and she helps me write down, you know, all my things and helps me focus out and plan my video schedule. Like, you know, when I want to edit and when I can film those kind of things, um, I had a trip to Oregon zoo recently. Uh, and this trip was, man, it was, they, they showed me so much love at the Oregon zoo. It was in, I was not expecting what they planned for me. And so I got so much footage. It's going to be like a, like a five episode series and I can make it more. I can make it longer. It's insane. But she, but Jack, but my wife has helped me. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool that she's helped you out with that. Yeah, Zoe does uh, an edit of my podcast to make sure that everything's, you know, factually correct. Um, uh, because she is a a zoo vet in training, and I am a drummer, uh, despite really loving animals and having learned a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And she is is the absolute rock that keeps this thing from from going off the rails sometimes. Um, yeah, so we're very lucky, both of us. Clearly, yes, we really are. Yeah. We really are. <laughs> Uh, awesome. So let's talk about your uh, the real world, moving off the digital for a minute. So you are a zookeeper, along with being an influencer. <laughs> yes. Um, so tell me about your uh, your journey. How did you decide you wanted to be a keeper, and how did you get there? Okay, here comes the long version. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so growing up, I uh, 
always loved animals and, and I was always uh, a little different uh, where, where I grew up, like in the area. Um, that wasn't really something that uh, people like me were really into. Um, you know, this like basketball player, you know, African-American, we're supposed to be scared of animals, that, that, all the stereotypes, all that stuff, right? Um, plus, top of that, I had anger management issues. So kids used to make fun of me because I would get angry really quickly and they thought it was funny. So they would just tease and tease and tease until I just blew up. My mom discovered that I was always happy around animals, always loved going to the zoo, always loved sitting in the backyard watching eagles and all that cool stuff, like movies like Free Willy, all that stuff. Right. And um, so she said, hey, I need to do something to figure out how Jordan can stay out of trouble and stop getting suspended and things like that. Uh, so she contacted one of the zoos, one of my, my, my home zoo and asked if it was possible for an 11 year old to become a volunteer. They said, not really, that's not a thing, but my mom pushed and pushed and pushed. And they said, okay, we'll let him do it, but he needs to have a chaperone with him at all times. So, one of the keepers there basically uh, volunteered to be my chaperone while I was there at the family farm at 11 years old. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at that point, I already knew I wanted to become a zookeeper. My, like, my first dream, though, was actually to um, – it was always a joke. But I always wanted to. I was. I always wanted a TV show, <laughs> and like, and like, just go out in the wild and just look at animals, you know. But that was always a joke, and I kind of get to do that with my YouTube channel, which is pretty cool. But um, Zookeeper was more of the uh, the goal, you know, the the mission. That's awesome. And uh, where did you go to school? What did you study? So I went to University of Washington, uh, Seattle. Uh, my degree is long. It's Environmental science, resource management, wildlife conservation, with a minor in quantitative science. Wow, that's that's impressive. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> what is quantitative science? Statistics. Okay, that makes mostly. sense. Mostly, yeah. it's 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 mostly that. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, yeah, it's cool. That's really cool. Um, and then when you were done with school, were you able to get right into keeping? Did you have to do the uh, whole travel around the country gig or? No, actually, so I was fairly lucky um, as far as not having to leave, but I did take a, it did take a while to get a job. So <clears throat> I, uh, let's see, graduation, senior senior year graduate uh, college, I did my senior thesis with the Komodo Dragons. So I was already doing that with the zoo. And at that point, I was already technically um, an employee with the zoo. I had this job called exhibit attendant. So it's like a zookeeper aid kind of job. And so I did that for a couple of years. I uh, worked for University of Washington uh, Research Center for primates. Um, and then I had my internship at another zoo, uh, Point Defiant Zoo. And then I worked uh, um, at, where did I work? Northwest Trek Wildlife Park in Washington uh, for a couple of years. And then I uh, got my job at Woodland Park Zoo as a keeper. I uh, did that for a couple of years, and now I'm currently at Cougar Mountain Zoo in Issaquah. So I got lucky. Um, I I was able to stay in Washington, but it did take me a few years to get a full-time job. So, But I have been – I never left. Like 
and I, I and I won't I won't lie to you guys. You know, for everyone that's listening, you know, we don't get paid the most. Uh, luckily, one of the zoos I worked at um, was a one of the higher paying zoos in the country, um, which was nice. But it's expensive to live in Seattle. So, um, but yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna be doing a lot of free work, and and like even still, like while I was getting paid, you know, with, with the jobs at the zoos, I always had a side job. I was always working in the mall. I always I used to work at shoe stores because um, I was always a shoe guy, um, big into Jordans. Uh, nice, so, nice. Yeah. I just, I hate that. And I get it because it's the same way in the entertainment industry. Um, unless you are really, really big, most people have to work a survival job. Uh, oftentimes more than they get to do the, their main gig. I've been lucky to be able to stick with drumming, acting, and music directing full-time for a long time now. But most of the people that I work with, most of the people that I am on national tours with then go home and, uh, you know, start waiting tables or being, uh, you know, working at a wine store or something. It's, it's, it's tough, but I, I can relate to that. Um, so I guess I'm curious, are you, uh, trying to, or have you been able to, uh, monetize the digital stuff at all to start to, to build that? So my YouTube is, is monetized. Um, but I don't get very many views, so I, like I'm not really I'm not really making money off of it. You know, I'm really not. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm okay with with not making making money off of it. I I just like the fact that I get to, you know, you know, continue to educate people. Like I, I see the the faces I've had. I've this year, even though it's a crazy year, this year and last year have surprised me with with kids now are coming into the zoo recognizing me and that has been blowing my mind you wouldn't you wouldn't actually believe it like i it's like how like i it does i don't know like i, I didn't think my videos were like really made that far of a reach you know i i didn't i don't think they do i mean i guess they're doing better um but they're reaching somebody and like these kids I've had a couple of kids come up and tell me saying, Hey, you know, I want to be just like you. And I get videos now sent to me of, of, you know, moms, um, showing, showing me their kids dressed like me <laughs> looking for animals. And I'm like, get out of here. Like what? Like kids wearing little khaki shorts and the, and the boots and the hat, the black shirt. I'm like, no way. Like, that it i if you went to my 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 page i feel like and like you looked at the views of the video you wouldn't think that was coming you know like I, my views my videos aren't like the most viewed they're really right, not right but it's reaching somebody mm -hmm. and that just blows my mind no i i totally get that i've had uh, enough experiences just in doing the podcast for a couple months where people have reached out and been like, wow, this really meant the world to me. Or, um, you know, I recently had a keeper tell me that she went back and listened to her own episode because uh, it, it helped her feel more connected to the animals nice. and like her passion again. And I don't care if she's the only person who downloaded that episode at that point. It mm. was a major success. She's also not the only one who's downloaded it, which is pretty nice. Yeah, but, you, you know, <laughs> but um, but for me, just that moment 
made all the work that went into that episode worth it, right. regardless of anything else. So right. that's really cool, man. I really, I really love your spirit. And I love, you know, you talking about it coming from uh, a, a place of anger and stuff when you were younger. And um, I, I hear that. I won't go too much down that road, but let's just say that you and I have a lot in common, my friend. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That's awesome. I, and to be honest, man, the, the zoo... The zoo really saved me. You know, I didn't think about this until I was speaking with uh, my manager about it. Um, uh, he, I was telling him my story, and then I, I hadn't really put it together that I stopped getting suspended and expelled from places shortly after I started volunteering at the zoo. I didn't really think about that. You know, I didn't. I, I was like, really. Like, I, I don't know why I didn't put two and two together because I was, people always said, oh, you probably just matured, and which I probably did. But, you know, the only thing that was different was the fact that I was volunteering at a zoo. And I guess they, they probably, they calmed me down, you know, and I mean, I, I, I'm not, you know, you know that, that angry kid anymore, but it's still, you know, animals are everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. No, well said. Yeah. Um, I, I was nervous about this interview today, which I know is dumb. You have put me at ease many times, but I was, and I wanted to spend like the day doing prep. And instead I ran to the Maryland zoo because I knew that I'd be in a much calmer, better place if I went and spent some time with animals instead. And, uh, yeah. Why, 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 why were you nervous? Why was I nervous? Um, yeah. You know, you are the most followed person that I've spoken to so far. Oh. And um and <laughs> you cool. are and you are, you know, you're friends with Rick, who I have respected for years. Mm-hmm. And I know that um your name will get this more downloads and more listens and that kind of thing <laughs> than anything else will that I've done yeah. so far. And the thing is, I don't care about it from a success standpoint. It's right. the exact same thing that you talked about. I'm yeah. trying to educate. I have a mission, which is to share these these passionate stories about passionate zookeepers and their incredible animals. And I realize that as long as I don't blow this interview, um, <laughs> then this is going to help me spread that message. And clearly I, I feel great now. I'm very calm. Um, yeah. You don't need to put me at ease. But okay, cool. um, I was legitimately nervous because of that. And because I know yeah. that like in my career in the arts too, every time I've had a shot, I, I showed up and I took it. And Mm -hmm. I know I can point to every one of those moments where showing up and killing a moment with someone who was higher up the food chain than me changed my life. Yeah. And so I I don't know what will come from this interview. Uh, Just us talking has been great. But, um, you know, I see it as a shot. Can I ask you, I mean, have you spoken to Rick at all? Not yet. I I was also too, you know, afraid to talk to Rick, but I'm getting over all of that. (laughs) Can I uh, recommend your podcast to him? I mean, that would be amazing. Thank you. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'll just text him and say, hey, Rick, podcast. That's amazing. Thank you so much. That's um, (laughs) that's so awesome. And this is is the thing that I have um, learned about the zoo community. You know, it's, it's so good and it's so close knit and we all have the same message and goal. And I'm not, I'm not a keeper. I'm, I'm a musician, like I said, but, um, as a, as an educator here, um, it's just such a beautiful community. And I wish that I, could you imagine if like computer programmers were like that or the pharmaceutical industry was like that, like, or politics was like that. We won't get political, but just could you imagine it would be, it would be insane. 
Yeah. It'd be a way better place. Plus, then everyone would get to like pet red pandas and stuff, and everyone would be happier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, red pandas! <laughs> they are my fave. So, are they um, your favorite? Oh yeah, okay. they are. They are. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, okay, so let's let's talk about animals for a minute. Sure. Tell me uh, some of the animals you're taking care of, and uh, oh my goodness, just about that. Okay, so it's I okay. I I don't know how to really say this. So I've worked. Uh, with a lot of different animals, uh, you know, a lot of zookeepers uh, end up falling into a category. Like they, they either become like a carnivore keeper or a bird keeper, or a reptile keeper. But then you have people like me who are more generalists. So I've worked with hoofstock. I've worked with, you know, large carnivores. I've worked with large herbivores. I've worked with small mammals, you know, mustelids, things like that. I've worked... I mean, I guess, do you want a list of animals I've worked with? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's not. No, 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 no. You're way okay. more interesting than that. But just like, what are you, um, I don't know, what are you currently taking care of? Well, okay. So currently my position is very interesting. I don't think I told you this. Uh, so my position besides zookeeping, I actually work, uh, I'm, I'm marketing, education, outreach, social media, fundraising, promotions. So. <laughs> you just like long titles. You have a long degree. You've got a long title at work. I, I see how. So, <laughs> so my technically my quote unquote title is marketing and education specialist. But I, you know, we're a small zoo, or a very small zoo, and I do a lot of office work. Um, but mostly since you know 2020 hit, uh, I've been allowed to stretch my my legs um, and flex my muscles a little bit on the. Uh, filming world and um, you know the, I've been allowed to do some of the uh, I've been doing the our live streams and I've been editing short videos called zoo to you uh, for the zoo basically to connect the people from home with us since they can't come visit we're open now but uh, people that still don't, don't feel comfortable leaving um, but as far as the animals I get to help with they would be the ambassador quote-unquote ambassador animals and the outreach animals which would be uh, macaws. I help a little bit with our porcupine, uh, reindeer, alpaca. Um, currently, those we have a lot of macaws. Currently, those are our. Uh, oh, I shouldn't forget the roaches. Everyone <laughs> loves the roaches. Nice. And we have a uh, we have a three toed box turtle. So. <gasps> oh, I love box turtles so much. Yeah, she's cute, Henrietta. She's our oldest animal. Nice. Zoo. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Are you finding that you miss um, being more hands on with animals, or, yes. or are you okay? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that that seems right. Yeah. You know, no. That was my well, guess. So, no, my my first. So when I got when I first started, um, my director asked me if I wanted to zookeep. You know, a little bit more frequently. I told him no because uh, I was a little sad about zookeeping. You know, I felt as though. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I was feeling kind of weird about it, you know, and I felt like I just I wasn't good enough, you know, to zookeep. Um, it was I was in a weird space, but, uh, you know, I didn't think I would miss that much. And I wanted to see what else I could do. You know, I wanted to see the different position in, in the marketing world and to see how that worked for me. Um, because bef uh, before I left my other position, I was working in marketing as well at the other zoo besides zookeeping. And I found it very interesting and, you know, making videos and because I do it personally now, I do it with Jungle Jordan. So, um, 
Yeah, I definitely uh, I miss it more now. I help out every now and then I do, but it's not something's missing. Um, right. I think I think since we we've had our public uh, scheduled programming taken away, like we can't do those really. We're we're trying to figure out if we can again, but we were trying to prevent grouping. And so those are the main things that I do and I love. I love more than zookeeping. I love talking to people about the animals I work with. And with programs, I get an animal right behind me and talk to people. And, you know, now if I do any of that, if people start to group up more, I literally have to just, I have to call it and say, hey guys, sorry, we're done. Yeah, and it sucks. I don't like doing it. Because, you know, you're trying to save the people from themselves. <laughs> yep. You know, because <laughs> they don't, they're just, you know, you're supposed to have six feet and people are coming within three inches of each other. And I'm like, hey, come on, you guys. Yeah. Like, come on, come on. Like, I don't want to be the be the reason for an outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, yeah, no, I totally get that when I started music directing and arranging and doing all this stuff. I suddenly, I, there was a week that I sat at the computer for like 50 or 60 hours and working on music, you know, music stuff, doing my job as a musician. And at the end of the week, I realized that I had not touched my drums. I hadn't picked up a pair mm-hmm. of sticks in a week and it hit me really hard. And I was just like, Oh, Oh man. Yeah. That's it's, it's easy to move on and it's good to get promotions and other cool opportunities. But at the same time, it's hard when you walk away from what you're really passionate about sometimes. And then COVID mm-hmm. and that's just a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, tell me, uh, since you like animal stories, tell me just a couple of your favorites that you've worked with. Like tell me about a couple of animals you've worked with that you love. Well, I, gosh, I always had a love for the hippos. I love otters. I mean, I think everyone knows my favorite animal are, are cheetahs, but I have never gotten to work with them, unfortunately. Um, very sad, but hey, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, gosh, I love the bears. I love a lot of animals. <laughs> animals are great. Um, but as far as stories go, oh, I have one, actually. So I used to work with these two hippos and um, let's see, I hadn't seen them. So this was this year and I left the job in 2019, uh, September, 2019. And I hadn't seen them since. Right. So I, I uh, revisited the zoo when it opened back up and it opened up in June, late June, but I went in July. I went in July, mid July. And, uh, I was with a friend of mine and I was in in my street clothes. I had my mask on and sunglasses on. I told him, Hey, yeah, we're walking by, you know, the hippo exhibit, one of my old, you know, old favorites. And, uh, you know, we walk and we stand by the exhibit, by the, by the viewing. Um, and I'm just looking at him. I'm talking to my coworker about him, giving them facts. Or not a coworker. Sorry. My friend, I'm giving him facts about them. And, and then, um, one of the females, uh, we have two, we had two girls there. Uh, one of the girls looks up. Um, the other girl was off exhibit, um, getting, I'm assuming getting her food. Um, that's another story, but we had to separate them to get food because the other one's old and one of the girls would eat all of her food if they were together. <laughs> so that's a thing. So anyways, so I know it was that time of day 
And so I saw she was in the exhibit and she looks my direction and she's, you know, in the pool in the water kind of far, but she's, she looks at me and then she hears my voice <laughs> and she's like, wait a minute. And then she swims over and then like the guests, like there are other guests around us, like, wait a minute, where is she going? <laughs> and then I, <laughs> it was like, she came close to me and just stood right in front of me. I said, Hey Lupe. I said, Hey, uh, she, she opened, uh, then she opened her mouth. Um, I didn't like, I wasn't like offering her anything. I wasn't like, <laughs> like dangling food or anything like that. But it, it had been so many times I stood at that exhibit right there to give her food. Um, so that was, and then, uh, my uh, friend was like, wait a minute, she recognized you. I was like, yeah. And I was like, that's, that's her. She knows who I am. And she did not take her eyes off of me. It was pretty crazy. Um, and then people were like, wait a minute, how? I was like, that that really just made my heart melt. She recognized me in the street clothes. I, you know, she knows my voice, she knows my shape. Um, that was pretty it was pretty awesome, man. It was definitely uh it made me a little sad because uh, you know, I definitely missed her, you know. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, so that is beautiful, awesome. though. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious. One thing that I have have learned from from doing this podcast so far, and also just from you know walking around zoos, is that zookeeping is a very white and very female dominated profession. Yes. Um. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts on how to increase diversity in the field. So that's that's another one of my main focuses. I didn't mention earlier. That's that's one of the main. Uh, things I like to push for uh, with my videos. Now, as far as me, what I do is I'm just trying to be a representative. I, I try to be uh, visible. I I think just people seeing me changes a whole lot about what they think zookeeping is and what they think is and who they think this world is for. Um, I think it really does. And um, is, is, I think it just, if certain zoos would make themselves more accessible to lesser, what's the term I'm, I'm looking for, to, uh, you know, to just, just to more misrepresented uh, areas, communities, you know, just some people that, that just don't have the most money, Um some people they don't really get to see the zoo often often you know and, and real quick about that that I had noticed as far as um where I'm from uh when schools have field trips you can I can always see the differences between the kids that normally come there versus the kids that don't. There's a level of excitement for the kids that it's their very first time ever going to a zoo ever even with their own families you can see it they but it, it that gets them labeled as rowdy and and out of control because they're so excited they can't contain themselves and people just assume oh they're only like that because they live in a certain area of the city you know and that's definitely not the case and so what i do is when we are, when i was allowed i would go and visit those schools as as jungle jordan and just talk to them about zookeeping and what I do with animals. And I try to build the interest that way because it's there. Everyone loves animals. They do. 
They just don't know that this is an option and that they are able and allowed to be in this field. And now my experiences in this field have been kind of weird. Tell you the truth. I mean, I'm, I'm different no matter where I go. Right. And, you know, with me, I've had to suck it up and just, you know, try to push past, push past these situations I've had with, I've had these encounters with guests, you know, you know, regarding race. Um, I've had really rude people, you know, I've had disrespectful people, you know, it's, it's very different. And uh, like, even with coworkers, no one's been like racist to me or anything like as far as coworkers, but I definitely feel as though I can't 100% be myself without, you know, the fear of being like judged, you know, like I don't, I don't listen to certain music because I'm going to be, I feel like I'm going to be judged just because like, even if they listen to it, I won't because they're just like, Oh, you know, right up. He's listening to to gangster rap. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, (laughs) I actually told this to one of my coworkers once and she said, she said, Jordan, I honestly think you get more judged for listening to Disney music. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, who doesn't love Disney? I don't care. I love Disney. Disney's absolute best. And I will blast it. That's the, that's the only music I will just, just have blaring with no remorse. I will pump that, pump that so hard. It's pretty hilarious. Actually like he'll come in and I'm, I'm in there singing a whole new world, but from Aladdin, Oh man! <laughs> oh yeah, I know that's that's definitely me, and yeah, I don't that, care. That would be that would be the only thing that I would judge you for. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the Disney music. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but but that's see the thing is though with that that's technically harmless though, right? Oh, of course. So, but if I was you know, I don't know, rapping, I don't know, rapping something, I don't know, like Tupac. Tupac's pretty aggressive though, but you know, but he had a lot of meaning. But if I was rapping Tupac, someone might have a problem with that, sure. or they might not. But that's just what's in my head. Sure. I've been trained to think that, hey, they'll just assume I'm this guy, you know, with my pants sagging, cut, you know, tattoos everywhere, even though zookeepers have billions of tattoos. So, so I can't many really tattoos. Say that. So many tattoos. And it's funny because I have absolutely none. I'm, Same, I'm the I think I'm getting my first one soon. Are you? I, I want to. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to have a, 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 a friend uh, design a red panda one for me. There so, you go. Yeah, yeah. But, but yes, no, I, I yeah. yeah. I, but I can go on a tangent with all that. You know, I just, I just say representation matters and just having people see me. Like when people come to the zoo and I, you know, I talk to everyone. But if I see they are of a different, you know, skin tone i feel like i feel like with those i make sure i make an impact i make sure i make an impact with everyone but with them i may push a little harder sure Sure. (laughs) i think i I think i do you know i'm like hey look hey look what i'm doing i'm having so much fun i'm feeding this giraffe like i'm over here walking in alpaca like i don't know like like isn't that fun i'm picking up poop that's so amazing don't you want to do this (laughs) <laughs> no i I, yeah. I have fun thank you for know. sharing all of that though because i yeah. you know I, I think it's important for people to realize that that's a thing right now and huge i mean yeah real big right now um mm-hmm. but yeah thank you for sharing that no so problem. i have a tradition on my podcast yes. that i like to to end every interview with what i call the rasafari poop story 
So certain animals, you know, have no remorse within like with walking and their own poop and you know like they don't care they'll, they'll they'll grind it into whatever surface they're on back and forth whatever they they'll 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 cake it in there and i remember one time i was cleaning um the ostrich area and i had a black garbage bag and i was dumping all my stuff in there and i remember uh my bag dropped in the pile i went to scoop it up and I don't know how I did it. I'm usually really careful about this, but I ended up like sliding, like smearing my hand in like in the poop and the in the urates <laughs> of the ostrich. And I just I don't know why you have to do this. I don't know why zookeepers do this, but I did it. I smelled it. <laughs> I I just put it to my hand and I was like, okay. So I know what it smells like. I know what it is. I think I was just testing to see if it was just dirt or not. Fair, but fair. yeah, no, it was uh, it was um, it was uh, it was poop. So, anyways, so okay, whatever. I think that's the end of the story. But no, I so remember, remember, I dropped the bag in the poop pile. So you know, I, in zookeeper mode, you're you're cleaning, you're getting out of it, you're getting doing stuff quickly, you're getting out of there fast. And I pick the bag up and I start walking back uh, to where I need to take it to. And I was like, huh, the side of the bag is kind of damp. Now, my, my leg felt kind of damp, and I looked down, and um, there, my whole side of my khakis were smeared in it all over my leg. <laughs> this isn't it. That's not it. I was like, okay, well, that's my pants for the day. Um, keep in mind, I have other things to do. I start walking around. Oh, my God. I, my, my pants really smell bad. It smells really strong. Why do my pants smell so bad? And uh, I go to the bathroom, and it wasn't my pants that I was smelling. There was poop on my face. Oh no! Right, right <laughs> underneath my no, my nostrils. <laughs> right underneath my nostrils on my lip, uh, my upper lip here. Before I didn't have a mustache. I don't have a mustache right now, but. <laughs> I I, sh- I shave. So I was like, God, I keep smelling something. And then the yeah, I go in the bathroom. And sure enough, yeah, I was walking out with a poop smear right underneath my nose. That's fine, right? Yeah, that's that's no big deal. No big deal at all. So and no one said a thing to me. No one said a thing to me. I was like, God, why am I why do I keep smelling this? And yeah. So amazing. And that's the end of that story. That is a very good poop story. I appreciate that. No um, problem. So I'll open the floor to you. Uh, anything you want to promote, any, you know, all of your channels and stuff, uh, let everyone know where to find you. So everyone can uh, follow me at JungleJordan23 um, on literally every social media thing you can think of. Um, yeah, so that's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not active on TikTok anymore. I was a part of that creative learning uh, create a learning fund that they were doing and I technically still am but I don't know TikTok is hard it's it's not meant for us millennials really yeah no uh, you know it's it's tough but um, you can type in Jungle Jordan and you'll find it anywhere on whatever app you want to use uh, but the full thing is Jungle Jordan 23 awesome well thank you so much for taking the time to do this no thank you for having me this was awesome no, I definitely will be a uh, texting rick and uh try to have him put you on the priority i know he's busy of course he but, is, of course yeah but but um 
I definitely will be talking to him. I really appreciate that, man. Take care. Uh, take care. How much fun was that? I love Jordan and the energy he brings. I also love the fact that he kind of interviewed me for part of that. Also, Jordan was a man of his word and told Rick about me and had me reach out to him. Getting to start to learn from another hero of mine is such a privilege, and I'm thankful to Jordan for making that happen. Make sure you follow all of his channels at JungleJordan23. You're guaranteed to find something you love. And please, somebody let this man take care of a cheetah already. Well, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed making it. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan Burke and John Rossi. Listen and subscribe on any podcast app. Please take the time to leave a review as it helps other people find our podcast. You can find Rossafari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rossafari, on the web at Rossafari.com, or email me directly at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.